This podcast is brought to you by BMJ Best Practice. BMJ Best Practice offers evidence-based, continually updated and practical knowledge that will help you make better clinical decisions. Hello and welcome to this BMJ Best Practice podcast on tension headache. Kieran Walsh is my name. I'm clinical director at BMJ. Tension headache is probably the most common type of headache. It can cause a range of problems, including pain, stress, anxiety and depression, and of course, overuse of analgesia. So how should we diagnose and manage this condition? To tell us, we have on the line Professor Mark Green. Mark is Professor of Neurology, Anesthesiology and Rehabilitation Medicine at Icahn School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, New York. And importantly, Mark is also author of our BMJ Best Practice topic on this condition. So Mark, you're welcome. Let's start off by asking you to tell us what exactly is tension headache? Well, that's a, it's actually a, an interesting question because when I began in headache in the late 70s, um, uh, people were asked that question at a big meeting and half the doctors said that mean the, means the patient's very tense psychologically and the other half said, oh, that means their muscles are tense. So they then changed the term to muscle contraction headache and turned out that wasn't any more accurate. Thanks, Mark. So if those uh, things are what tension headache is, is not, what exactly is tension headache? Okay, well, tension headache is really a featureless headache. It's typically a both-sided headache that's constricting. And fundamentally, if you look at the criteria for migraine, often unilateral, throbbing, uh, worse with routine activity, nausea, vomiting, things like that. The features of tension headache are basically not migraine. I mean, the idea is that all these features of migraine are fundamentally absent in tension headache. Okay, and to, back to one of the uh, original things you mentioned, does it mean that you are tense or that your muscles are tense? I think in reality it could be either or perhaps none. Uh, in other words, I think that some people, when they're very tense, particularly acutely, can develop this type of headache. And in some of them, the muscles are tense, but often the muscles are not tense. Or in fact, if you look at EMGs of these muscles, when they're tense, they're actually no different when the headache is gone or if it's severe or mild. Okay. Thank you. That's very helpful. And just let's run through again the typical symptoms of tension headache? Okay, well, the criteria are fundamentally a headache that lasts 30 minutes to seven days, and then you have to pick at least two of the following criteria, bilateral, pressure-like or tightening, in other words, non-pulsatile, mild to moderate in intensity. In other words, severe disabling headache, by definition, excludes tension headache and then not triggered by physical activity, which is a very important feature of migraine, but not a feature of this headache. And then finally, you have to have no nausea, vomiting, and you can have photophobia, and you can have phonophobia, but you can't have both. Okay, great, thank you. And um, can you tell me what is the prevalence of tension headache? It's almost universal, in other words, 80% or so of the population will have one or more of these headaches in their lifetime. Um, obviously, a lot of people have a lot more than that, but it's almost universal. 
The chronic form, however, which is different, is seen in about 2% of the population. That's a much more disabling, problematic issue. Okay, thank you. And are there different types of tension headache? Well, we, we subdivide them into uh, the frequency. So we have the infrequent, which is less than one day per month. Then we have another uh, criteria, which is one to 14 per month. And then we have the chronic form, which is 15 or more headache days per month. There's also headaches which are associated with pericranial tenderness, where your scalp is actually tender to touch. And then those which are not um, associated with pericranial tenderness. Okay, thank you. And tell us about making the diagnosis of, of tension headache. Are, are there any common pitfalls that doctors should avoid? Absolutely. Uh, number one is if they're seeing you in your office, it's unlikely they have tension headache. I've been running fellowships for years. I was at Columbia University before this job, and the fellows often jokingly say to me at the end of their fellowship, I never see anyone with tension headache, although we talk about that being the most common headache. And the reason for that is that tension headaches, by definition, are mild, and people self-treat, and they don't need any of us. So be very suspicious about someone coming to your office and you diagnose them as having tension headache. Another very important question to always ask these people is, do you have any other kinds of headaches? And they'll often then describe things that sound like migraine as another kind of headache. And we've begun to understand this as part of the spectrum of migraine. In other words, people with migraine get clear migraines that you wouldn't argue is a migraine, clear tension headaches, and something kind of in the middle, and that's considered the spectrum of headache. So those are the people who could develop what looks like to you a more disabling form of tension headache. Excellent. Thank you. That's that's very helpful. And I'm guessing the diagnosis is largely based on the history uh, and as well as the history, though. Are there any recent advances in the assessment of patients with tension headache? It's an embarrassing answer because I don't think there really are. You know, this is a very, very poorly funded area because most people satisfactorily self-treat at home with over-the-counter medications. So there are not a lot of wonderful, useful studies that, uh, that have helped us in the last few years. Okay. And tell us about the management of tension headache. Sure. Well, if you're getting relatively few headaches, and we could argue over the number, my number is more than uh, fewer than eight per month, they're usually managed just acutely. And by acutely, um, ibuprofen or naproxen are generally our drugs of choice. And the doses have to be on the high side. Uh, they're not low, very much like in migraine, we need higher doses of these. There are many over-the-counter drugs for tension headaches as well, and some of them have caffeine. And it's been argued that they can work as well. But the reality is that those drugs typically have a lower dose of a non-steroidal compared to um, the, um, if you use a non-steroidal alone. So typically we use a good dose of a non-steroidal, use it acutely, and then we try and get someone to relax, to stop doing what they're doing, perhaps lay down for a few minutes and see if it terminates the attack. Okay, thank you. And what about pitfalls in management of patients with tension headache? Are there common mistakes that people make? 
Well, the biggest mistake that people make is that they are misdiagnosing that episodic tension headache as actually a variation in their migraine, and they should be using migraine drugs. So again, if someone comes in and they have a disabling tension headache, it's not a tension headache. There's something wrong with that diagnosis. So that's, that's a very major pitfall. If they tend to be progressive or they're not responding to anything, then you have to begin to think of, of a secondary headache, that you've missed a diagnosis, it's not a tension headache at all, and it's something else. Okay, okay, thank you. And you mentioned earlier on different types of tension headache, and does the management differ according to different type, or, or is management generally the same? No, you would think that the management changes. You would think that if someone has pericranial tenderness, that a muscle relaxant would be a good choice. The interesting part is that these trials have all failed, that muscle relaxants don't really play a role in the management of tension type headaches. And again, it's these simple analgesics. If they are very frequent, however, then we also have to begin talking about preventive medications. Okay, well, that moves us on neatly to the next question. When might you prescribe preventive medications and what preventive medications might you prescribe? Let's say you're getting three or more attacks per week. And some of these people have daily attacks. There's no acute drug that you can take safely nearly every day without causing other medical problems. And those include medication overuse headache where the drugs you take potentiate the problem. So in that setting, you have to use preventive medications. Now, the kinds of medications that we use that have the best evidence is number one, amitriptyline. And it's typically a pretty low dose of about 25 milligrams. If that's not effective, you might consider something like mirtazapine. If the amitriptyline is effective but poorly tolerated, you might consider something like nortriptyline or doxepin, which perhaps are better tolerated, but probably work as well. Okay, thank you very much. Last question, what, what have we missed? What other common questions that I haven't asked you are, are you commonly asked about tension headache? Well, I think what, the one very important question is, what are the foolers? If someone's getting worse and worse and worse, are you just happy that that you figured it out that they have progressive tension type headache. Well, you have to think of something called medication overuse headache, which is how the person began with episodic tension headache and simply progressed over time because they were taking these as needed medications too frequently. Number two, they may have migraine, as I mentioned before. In other words, their tension headaches may be part of the spectrum of migraine. Now, neurologists underplay this issue of sinus headache but there are cases where people do have chronic sinusitis, particularly in the sphenoid, that can look like tension-type headache and isn't responding to therapy. Cervicogenic headaches, which exist, um, can imitate a tension headache, and those are often managed by physical therapy or sometimes nerve blocks in the neck as well. And then you also have to consider things like brain tumors and chronic subdural hematomas, which can look like a tension type headache, but will clearly progress over time. Okay, thank you very much, Mark. That's very comprehensive. And, and thanks to all for listening. We hope that this has been helpful, and we hope that you'll be able to put what you've learned into action 
to better diagnose and manage affected patients. If you want to find out more, click the link in the podcast and sign into BMJ Best Practice and look at the content on this and other diseases. Thank you once again.